This is Moss, Whelan, and Story in Mind. And it's a post-Christmas episode. And uh, the topic. I'm still stuck on the topic of... Morning. Hello. Little snowy dog, little white dog. Uh, I'm still stuck on the topic of the internal arc, which I think is is a a good topic to be stuck on. And I was thinking of uh, the obstacles that one faces uh, internally. And uh, to start with, I'm looking at them as, or it, as something that is on the outside, and then there's this resistance uh, on the inside. So we're not just, uh, or say the main character is not just going along with everything. And two, it might seem like that on the outside. Sort of the main character or point of view characters, smiling and acquiescing, and oh yes, of course, the uh, um, a yes person uh, on the outside they might seem like a, a sycophant, but on the inside, that the, there's this say revolution going on, there's uh, this resistance. Uh, what I'm most interested in is the point of transformation, which I don't think is actually that. I, I, th- I think that around the crisis, it's this sort of a build-up to it, that it's uh, s- sort of slowly happening. In Vancouver, it seems like the the winters, there's this sort of pulse of cold and warm. Like, say we have uh, a bit of cool weather, and then things warm up a little bit, and then we're back to the cool weather again. Uh, It's, I think it's been a mild winter so far. And say people will talk about cold snaps. And this is my analogy for these obstacles and hurdles as we were going along that there's this emotional struggle or um, psychological struggle going on. There's a question there though. A character's emotions like say what is what is psychology? It seems to be so wrapped up with each other. And I guess it's the question of, well, why is somebody angry or sad or even happy? Like, what is it that creates those moments? Okay. So, obstacles. Going back to my screenplay writing manual, I found myself looking at this section that's about theme and 
the screenwriter had, the author had broken it down into uh, the four, the four areas. So it was like the um, three act structure with act two broken in half, and for theme, it had these these different moments of when the the argument like say which side of the argument we're on or focusing on uh, which has more power and my, my thought right now is that the um, the internal uh, conflict is is there that the the wrestling that we're seeing of the product of of the internal or the result. Uh, say, for example, first act that it's the villain that the villain is, or the you know antagonist, this threat to the main character. But that uh, we get to see that. Uh, character, you know, very clearly uh, the aggressor. And then we're going to have this an internal response uh, to it. Uh, probably wrestling and resisting. You know, making this um, really ego-driven personal uh, you know, I don't want to um, break out of my everyday life. You know, I don't want to go to war I don't want to fight back uh, and then moving into the second act it's, it is the protagonist's moment um, to, to resist and things look like they're going well but in the second half we we get the collision of the two sides we get the collision of the... And this is, again, this is thematic. So it's coming up in dialogue, um, in behavior, uh, symbolism even. Hmm, prose. I just saw a story on the internet about like a little nugget which was about crows. A girl was feeding crows and the crows would bring her trinkets and little shiny things as payment. So that they had sort of d developed a kind of barter system I guess. But it was cool, as say, as a as a kid, this would be. I think this would be fascinating. <laughs> uh, you know, your crow crow jewelry or something like that. It, it was speaking to the uh, the intelligence and the relationship. That, that say, you know, it's not as chaotic and 
etc., uh, etc., et of course. And two, I've been followed by crows who are sort of waiting to see if I'll drop something. Okay. Let's see. Back to talking about internal conflict. Uh, so, my experience, my advice so far, and say when I'm reading uh, the best, has to do with this call and response that's going on. That the, and the, it, as soon as I'm saying it, I'm going, oh, this is obvious though. But it's, it's just that we're not, of course, we're not conscious of it until we start to unpack it and look at it. So, Usually in a scene, say we're, we're starting a chapter, our point of view character, uh, it, it could start off with them uh, contemplating something, that we're, say, we're setting up the internal uh, monologue of, of who they are, what they are, that it, it could be uh, this is this is the window into their world. We get to see how they operate right away. What the resistance is, uh, but also say what what the desire is versus this refusal. Uh, they are positioned, you know, where where they are comfortable and where they are not. Okay, so we're talking about the characters, the obstacles, the internal obstacles that are in the way. The character is, is, is being forced in a, in a sense, you know, of course they have choice, but those choices ultimately force them in a direction that you know, they don't want to go in. But it's it says the nature of their personality. One of the big um, tools, one of the big critiques that I, I see occasionally is that a character is not active, that they're being passive. It... it and two, that's another one where there ought to be uh, pacing and rhythm. That it's not, you know, completely active all the time. I'm just imagining this character who's uh, hyper... Uh, the, the, they're just so attuned to, like, you know, danger, right? They're just looking in every corner and everyone is a potential um, danger <laughs> right, just constantly. Um, but it, it, in my mind, it has this comical effect. Is it true, though? <laughs> is is everybody on guard constantly, standing on guard? I don't think so. I think see, you know, we let down our guard, for sure. Um, 
there is that normal that every everybody's gunning for and and we're we're given this sort of shape that we're supposed to be um and then too we have our own natural drives um you know for survival because surviving is a thing <laughs> it's a good thing Okay, so, as writers were participating, and sorry, now I feel like I'm kind of rambling off, but uh, we're participating in the continuation of mythology, of people uh, connecting with, you know, connecting with storytelling. You know, these, the, the ancient purpose of uh of what we're doing. Okay. So back to this internal um mm, one word's popping up. Uh psychomachia, which is this war in the mind. And the the way I have been imagining it is that the psychomachia, psycho, which is the mind, and then machia, which is this battle. The way I've been imagining it is, you know, that it is a, a literal war, and there are soldiers, etc., etc. But it works for this case as well, when talking about this internal struggle. Um, more focusing on obstacles... Uh, we are, or the character is, uh, creating these obstacles uh, because they have to, because, you know, this is what works. And it, it's like you're programming, you're coding. Uh, you don't want to go against your programming so much. Um, obviously, un unless it, it doesn't work, and then you end up, you know... In counseling and therapy, or um, in dire straits, uh, because of the behavior. I just, I just started watching uh, The Witcher, which went from uh, novels to video games, and then finally to a uh, Netflix streaming show, and. There's this, you know, classic sword and sorcery scene of going into town and you, you have to restrain yourself. <laughs> and other people are, you know, not doing so great at restraining themselves, the other characters, so the main characters, restraining. Uh, and too, this is post-big battle with a monster. And the, yeah, so it's, say, this internal restraint, but at the same time, not 100% um, passive, passivity. 
okay. Um, why? Why not? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say, I think, that most of us have got a tap, like on it, like we've got a, um, we've got it under pressure, and we're maintaining um, control. And then from time to time, though, we lose that. I was just uh, seeing some politicians a while ago, and they were getting feisty and yelling a bit. Not that much, though, considering. And, and I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, well, yeah, they're getting, they're getting a bit sort of wound up, but not truly yelling. So there was this restraint going on. Uh, it does get back to a point of view character's ability to to control themselves and say what what is seen as civilized, and that there are are points where I, I'm just thinking of say news, and I've seen people getting upset, and that there's say socially acceptable. Uh, ways of of doing this say um, moments that resonate versus moments that are sort of oh that was going too far so back to the character in this scene I'm currently working on a scene that I've done a bunch of work on, and it's a, it's an opening point of view scene, and really it's a it's a, it's a mother daughter uh, scene. So it's a mother daughter scene, and the point of view is the daughter. Uh, for me, it's been a great writing experience. Uh, taking a character that was in one um, sort of one point of view that that shifts, and the the values, the character values in the scene completely. Um, it's it, the actual conflict going on doesn't change. Um, and not the actual conflict, but the, again, the values. Uh, the, the values haven't changed. Like, say, uh, I want something, I'm not getting it. The other character is saying, um, I have the power, you're not getting what you want. Um, you have to be patient. So that's at the core of, of the relationship in the scene. But it's sort of externally, all of the, um, say, the description and things like age has flipped and gender everything has changed and so now it's much more what do I want to say well it was always it was always dynamic but it was sort of that it was it was searching uh it was searching for what is, like say, potency, what is going to be the best. 
But we're, we're talking about obstacles, internal obstacles. Uh, as, as we go along, I, I keep seeing these obstacles as reinforcing you know, that there's a, a reason that the obstacles are there internally. There's, you know, the resistance inside has a purpose. And that we return to, like, say, the moments that that um, inner conflict uh, has importance and value. So... Does it? I, th I think I talked about before um, a couple of days ago that it, it's not like it just goes away. Uh, I'm just thinking of say habits and you know who you are, your personality, um, or extremes of of behavior and. Uh, it is possible to change, like that you could set aside, you know, a way of, of doing things and, and of being. But, you know, to say that it just completely vanishes and you're a totally new person, that that's, doesn't ring as realistic to me. So, I, I, I suspect too for the, for, you know, the golden age reader the 12-year-old, that that would be more allowable. Uh, but at the same time, myself, I wouldn't want to write down uh, to that person, having been that person, that say, I, I would like it as, you know, as real as possible. Uh, and too, though, there's a question there, just, is that of value? Just Just looking at uh, Star Wars, and hearing a lot of adults, it, it, the nostalgia is good. But when when there's this critique going on, it's like, uh, no, you've got to lower your expectations. Ooh, but there's, but there are obstacles there. I think for a point of view character, say in the case of the Star Wars movies, that it has to do with the nostalgia factor, you know, wanting what was, wanting it now. I want to have that same, same kind of wow. I want you to do the same thing to me now as an adult. And I think it is possible, but it's, it's a different, it's a different movie. And Like say, um, I'm just trying to think of a, a a more mature movie and translating that. Just say something that would be considered an adult movie, in the sense of drama, and and even even right there, I'm going, you know, wait a second, you know, Star Wars has lots of drama. 
But if if you could have if you could have the two, maybe maybe say more accurately would be something like um, one of the space horror movies. And now I'm drifting, <laughs> but my point was is that you know we have these uh, desires that. You know, of course, of course they exist. You know, we have the nostalgia, we want what was. Um, those glorious times, if they even existed at all. Right. So internal obstacles for characters. It It makes sense when you're under the hood of of the of the um, novel, the manuscript, that we'd be looking at characters. We'd be like, say, the internal dynamics of what makes a character a character. Why are they doing what they're doing? Uh, the difference between the reader and the writer is this. This, you know, the knowledge or being thoughtful of the mechanics. I think that you can do, of course, you can write something from your gut, you know, and it just feels right. But there's also the factor of uh, looking at it and going, okay, to create the effect for the reader. Um, and, and right there, there's a dilemma of, you know, ah, yes, but. Shouldn't we be subverting expectation? But really, it comes down to intention. Like, you know, what are your intentions? You know, what is what is the purpose, the reason for doing this, and is it effective? I'm just I'm just thinking, say, of poetry that I've written. That is, it's supposed to be. My intention is that it creates this effect. Um, that th- there could be this confusion, but I was also looking for this, the beauty inside the effect. Uh, and like I say, for myself, I achieved my goal. And then looking at uh, writing for a novel, there's a different, of course, there's a different... Uh, intention but I do have I, I do see uh, you know a plethora many many uh, a miasma of goals you know d- different reasons for writing a, um, a reaffirmation a transmission and it's a weird thing too because getting getting down to you know the personal aspect of it that there is this reflection of how internally we operate as as the writer of course right that the work is going to reflect um the artist so uh you know you can drive it and you can shape it but it's more often that we're getting a sense of who who the person is their version of uh, 
reality. And, and that their point of view characters are going to be, you know, coming from that place, operating that way. And I'm getting back to the, uh, the obstacles. I, I, my point is that the manufacturing of these obstacles, um, so that it's not just purely organic, but we're thinking kind of in the theatrical sense of how to throw these stones uh, at our, rocks and stones at our main characters. Right, yeah, so they have this um, internal struggle going on. Uh, they should do A, but they want to do B. And uh, the invitation for those two sides uh, is there's an ongoing flux. So sometimes A is stronger and sometimes it is weaker, or B. Sometimes B is, you know, full, right? It's, it's waxing, and then it becomes full, and then it's waning. And that there's this uh, pulsing back and forth, uh, very much like the... And two, of course, it's connected to the events that are happening on the outside. Like, say, that we would have a scene and there's this conflict going on in the scene. But inside, there's also this conflict and this uh, struggle. Uh, ultimately, there has to be, like say, ultimately we're getting to the point where, this is me arguing, <laughs> that where we started up with, with that you know what was dominant at the beginning internally is different from what is dominant uh, at the end. So, say we'll start with A is dominant and then B is submissive, and then at the end that has flipped around and we have it that B is dominant and A is submissive. Uh, you know, at at least for this chunk chunk of the character's life. And it feels like I'm talking about a, 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 a variant. Like, of course, I'm, of course I'm talking about the same thing, right? This is writing, this is storytelling, this is a character's arc. Uh, for the A and the B values, you could you could look to you know straight away you could look to want versus need that that would be I think that that would be a good starting place that would be accurate but it it ought to evolve there ought to be this flexibility as you're rewriting and drafting and coming up with. Uh, angles, like say that you, you would start with a desire, but then there's this question of, well, for example, where does that desire come from? Why, why is it manifest? Instead of going along and saying, 
they <laughs> they want a they want a car or okay so they want a car but well why do they want a car and it, it, beyond it being obvious uh, that, that there has to be this you know it's a big deal it's not just a car it's not just any car it has to it's a you know 68 Mustang or something like that has this specific you know even the color you know and this goes back to perhaps uh, an experience and perhaps they used to have the car getting back to this nostalgia once again and a desire to reclaim their youth and it, it, it it doesn't have anything to do with the actual car, but the car is kind of symbolic. And uh, I'm just thinking that there were, there's this disappointment as well, that you get the thing, and then you find, you know, oh, you know, this is, there's something deeper inside. There's this, uh, that speaks to where the character is at currently. internal obstacles in in that desire this is just me unpacking um, in in this desire is the is this belief this lack of not having and if the point of view of a character acquires that object of desire that they will be um, that it will answer their questions it will be sated and uh, they can move on. I, I just have a notion of of, of, a, of a possible arc for, like, a, a repetition of of that behavior. Say a series of a series of obstacles throughout the manuscript, where a character is. Uh, seeking to obtain, right? That if if they could attain the next thing, this the next object of desire, you know, that that's going to fix the problem. Uh, versus the the knowledge or growing knowledge that what they need is more important. Now I'm actually I could look to the scene that I'm working on right now with this mother and daughter and two it's not exactly that but that's the relationship is uh, that uh, uh, you know an older person taking care of a younger person okay and say uh, casting my mind ahead I know the point of view character is the daughter I know that she is she is wanting to kind of not be realistic and, you know, instead uh, to escape reality. Probably a common theme for me. But uh, that's the desire is to escape reality uh, and which is, is dominant versus not um, versus you know the submissive would be you know 
dealing with reality and almost like say doing what one wanted to uh, in, in, in the fantasy, the unrealistic. Uh, so for that dominant, or sorry, that submissive B uh, value, it would have to do with the character needing to confront reality, but also to ultimately be doing the same thing, you know, because you can, you can, you know, you can go off, you know, hiking and camping, and you could have this adventure in the world, uh, even within the city, right, you, wherever you are, that you can, um, it's this a flip of uh, perspective, perspection, is that a word, perspection? <laughs> From intro, introspection to extrospection. New words all over the place. Okay, so... I think that it's... There's... And two, I... In my experience, there's hot points, flash points, where... It's important. It's important. Like, say, there's this threat to to how someone does something or what they want. Um, there's a threat to their normal, and then there's a, a, a response. It, it's kind of like uh, along the lines of, say, you know, the, a dictator. You know, there's this um, power that the dictator has. <clears throat> is wielding, but is de- it is dependent on the submissivity, sure, the submissiveness of uh, the public, of uh, the governed. Uh, they've got to agree to it, and and that when when there is this threat to the dynamic, you know, that's that's when we get. Um, we get a freak out. In the case of a dictator, it would be... Uh, well, it's always martial law, so... It would be more... Um, persecutions and, you know, re- rooting out this uh, perceived corruption. Okay. Interesting, too, because, uh, like, from the dictator's perspective, perspective it's... Uh, it's it's a threat. It's a threat to uh, the way of doing things. I'm just thinking of using the word corruption. I'm going, oh, that's interesting. Uh, because, it, yeah, it could be called corruption, you know, in either case. The uh, democratically, hopefully, elected leader... Uh, that the government, you know, could have a problem with corruption, and vice versa, the dictatorship could have a problem with corruption. No, Moss, it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Okay. Obstacles. 
slowly moving into the, the wrapping it up. Obstacles to the internal. I, and I just want to back up to it, what works for the point of view character. You know, that even even if they are being dominated, that it's it's sort of like, you know, well, that's normal, that's the way it is, that there has to be something that gets them going and changes the values. I'm just thinking of, you know, yeah, it's a dictatorship. That's the normal, you know, you've got to sort of, you know, keep your head down, do, do your thing, uh, do what you're told. But in the inciting incident, in, in this kind of shock that happens in the first act, that all of a sudden, you know, a person's morality is called into question. They witness something or they do something, uh, something happens to them, and all of a sudden, no, right? It's not enough. You know, the dictatorship... Um, I'm just thinking of many, you know, there's many uh, dictatorships where they have the, the facade of democracy. Like, say, on the bottom, they have elections and everything, but on the very top, uh, it's an unelected official, it's uh, the head of state is a dictator. And uh, that's... It's a difficult thing, because like sort of you go start going around and going, oh well, what about this place and that place and the other place? What about uh, you know monarchs? Because you know there are monarchs still. But this that this is how it starts. You know this is how. Uh, the <laughs> I keep coming back to manuscript. This is how the manuscript starts. Um, instead of saying story. But in this sense, it does work. This is how the story starts. The internal story. The um, uh, This is, say, the first obstacle. Uh, we might see sort of echoes before, um, like pre-echo, that say we get to observe the character and the quality of their personality. It could be something even just simple as showing respect to uh, senior citizens. Uh, not everybody does it. It's, it's a weird thing. It is going on, though. There is this value statement, uh, and it says something about the point-of-view character. Perhaps we'll start with a point-of-view character that is that doesn't show us that. Perhaps they are just observing it. They see uh, someone giving up their seat, or perhaps someone who's, you know, informing other people and saying, hey, you know, you younger, healthier people, uh, this is the time to, you know, <laughs> show... show uh, you're civilized, so upski, get up and give up. 
but perhaps our main character is someone who is not involved and they're just observing. They see this um, socially redeeming thing going on. Uh, and to let's escalate it to where you know this old person gets on and it's just watching and it's just seeing that nobody gets up and our point of view character doesn't get up in the in in fiction uh, and with the point of view character we can show that internal struggle right that they're you know going oh like why should i stand up um uh, should I stand up? Maybe having memories of uh, elderly people uh, that they know, or you know, perhaps we see them. We're getting this repetition of the kind of thematic uh, valuing, but that we see the devaluing, which I think that would be that would be a noble endeavor to write about. <laughs> and then once again, you know, that's showing the our choices and some people jump up and down and saying that's not politics and it's like no it's totally politics you know what we are what we're doing defining uh, it shouldn't be and to I'm getting I'm getting off track okay so we're wrapping up uh, talking about internal obstacles. So the first internal obstacle that we are getting is not absolute. That uh, say it's it's more of the response to. Um, I was giving the example of giving this, up the seat on the bus, and it could be that this that is that is it. You know, it's that simple. Uh, moment, um, and the old person is left standing. The bus driver is not doing anything about it. Um, perhaps too, it's just the normal. And uh, I, I've seen elderly people sort of say, "Oh no, no, it's okay. I don't, I don't need a seat." But they will definitely let you know if they do. Okay. So perhaps it is the. Or no, it is with the uh, insightful, inciting incident that we that we're seeing the duress that the point of view character is in, and they they don't have to have the immediate change. I'm just thinking in the short story format, or even say if you're if you're patterning each chapter like a short story, that the arc, um, or even say a later arc, dealing with uh, a social situation, and it's just a small act of revolution or resistance to uh, show respect. It, it's a, it, it could be the first step in a much uh, broader arc. It could be, what is it called, um, symbolic, subtextual, uh, as an example of, you know, what's to follow. So we, we start off with, 
you know, something dictatorial. Uh, and it's just like a, you know, a small action. Uh, that the point of, you know, maybe next scene, or next time we're on the bus, the point of view character gets up, right? And offers the seat. And this this starts a whole revolution, right? People are watching this going, oh yeah, of course, right? Don't, uh, don't lock up our poets and artists and, you know, people who are, uh, you know, questioning or mocking, um, parodying, satire, etc., etc. Okay. Uh, last comments about... Um, what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, obstacles. Internal obstacles. It's... I, and too, I don't know about you, but for me, there's a lot of sort of um, being in a... Um, just being somewhere unfamiliar... Uh, to the point where, you know, being lost, basically. And uh, there are, I, I, I could say that there are emotional states that are uh, emotional or psychological states where you know, everything's okay and fine, but then there's the extreme. Uh, most of us have the potential to find ourselves in those extremes. I'm just thinking of, say, and too, it's sort of everyday things, like you, all of a sudden, a relationship you're in, it ends. It could be, say, uh, a death, it could be, uh, you know, an argument, even politics has, you know, of course, ended relationships. Uh, and and all of a sudden, you're you're grieving. Uh, to one degree or another. Uh, but they say that there's this loss and there's this value statement that has been put upon the relationship. I'm just re remembering uh, one friendship that ended and that... You know, so I was trying to explain uh, why, you know, why I wasn't the best friend or why I couldn't be and... Uh, the other person, you know, they didn't have time. It was over, right? And they were moving on. And it was this, uh, this sad... But as I'm talking about it, I'm going, well... You know, but that also says something about this other person. Much the same way as, say, working... You know, having a workplace. Where you really, you know... It, it, you know, it's not healthy for you. You ought not be there... And instead, you ought to be doing something. Uh, you ought to be somewhere else, you know, with a different mission statement. Uh, I'm just thinking of, say, you know, management. Management that actually, you know, yells at you. It's like, you know, who does that? You know, and there are those people out there. These uh, mini, mini dictators, tiny ty tyrants. Uh, so wrapping this up, 
and characters. So it's, it's worth knowing, for drafting, I say, it's worth knowing the, the rise and the fall internally. Uh, it is worth... You, you might find yourself, and this is me, I've found myself uh, writing in internal responses to situations, both A and B. Right, so both where it's oh this is fine, this is a good thing, versus oh this is not a good thing, this is terrible, and and the extreme of it. Uh, I'm just remembering. I had a scene, so this was in my book, and I had a scene where it it, it I think it became a a favorite scene for the. Uh, the, the response, and too, it's, it started with this emotional frustration. And then the main character's feeling as though everyone's lying to her, so she lashes out. And in, on, on one level, it, like say, it makes sense, but on another level, it's this extreme. You're not supposed to throw cups and things like that, plates. So that's what she did. She, was, she threw this tea... Um, teacup, or was it the saucer? I think it might have been the saucer. Instead <laughs> of these split-second decisions, right? You know, don't throw the cup, <laughs> throw the saucer. And two, this was, uh, you know, this is almost say two years later, editing, and sitting down with this moment, and that it evolved. You know, it went from not existing to there's this moment that's happening to she would be really upset in that moment and then uh, uh, writing it like sort of first setting it up and explaining it right yeah oh she's and this is my character Mool right and then she's describing the um, the physical part of it uh, you know say you know tight she's tightening up and she's uh but she's also thinking about how wrong this is. But it, it reaches this crescendo that, for me, it had to manifest. It had to become something physical. Uh, so it moved out of the emotional. And then she's, uh, she's deciding to take the saucer and uh, throw it and smashes it on the wall. It's this kind of punctuation. Uh, the uh, Frustration? That's something, that there's this uh, frustration going on. But that it's reached this fever pitch. That's a good, that's a good combination there, right? Because she, she does pitch it. And I think, I, just thinking about fever pitch, that sounds like it could be music. That it's reached this, this height and it's feverish. It's an interesting combination of words because, you know, sound, you know, comparing a fever to a sound. Okay. So to end with, um, being conscious, you know, later, really looking at these moments, these internal moments and having this seesaw 
going on. It's, it's not so separate. Because in a scene, uh, you do have uh, the emotion going on. One difficulty or lack would be, say, the, the character who's responding. And that's where I, I sort of sit there and I'm like, oh, it would be so great if we could have two point of views at the same time, right? That we could see from both perspectives. And I, and I think that's what theater uh, aims to do because, you know, you have two actors who are versed to one degree or another in portrayal. And whereas, um, also too, in, th- in theater, we don't have usually much access to a point of view. And like, you know, that we're, um, we're on the outside. You know, we, we might get, say, breaking fourth wall comments. Um, we might get, oh, there's a good word for it. It's like a monologue but it sort of reveals this internal state. Um, a character is thinking. With enough editing, though, the, you know, those moments of asking the question, it's like, oh, well, how would, how would these secondary characters uh, be feeling? How would they be reacting? I'm just, say, thinking of characters who are passive, right? That that there's not enough going on. But, of course, you know, enough editing will will, uh, change that. It's such a weird thing to be on the opposite side of the fence as far as editing goes that, you know, the expectation of what a draft should be. And uh, allowing it to change. But there's also this restraint going on as well. It's not completely off the rails. It's, uh, it's building, building the railroad as we go. And, and not to say that I don't have a... Um, I didn't have, like, say, I had an outline, da-da-da-da. Uh, it's, it's more about, say, getting closer to something that is um, more personal and more, has more value, which is, you know, that's an interesting journey unto itself. Okay, so we're, we're just wrapping it up, the last minute. Um, let's see, any, any last words? <laughs> I think that's it. But I, I do want to say something about, um, you know, giving it, allowing it time to breathe, to ferment... I, I, I totally understand the desperation, um, but it's it's a much better thing if you can if you can hold back and uh, you know 
allow yourself as many drafts uh, as possible. But I, yeah, but I've, I've been there. I've been there where, you know, no, I have to get it out there. Which, which says something about what, what really is going on. And that, uh, that alone is an internal obstacle. Okay. Take care. And, yeah, just write. <laughs>